Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. Good afternoon, Steeler Nation. How we doing? Well, that's good. Wesley Hewler, Arthur Motes. Motes, he's having so much fun. He just, I, you know, caught him off guard there. Couldn't say anything. That's how good hey, he look. is. Thank you, technology. I was over here trying to hit this here mic. I was like, yo, it's not unmuted. It's not unmuted. Huh? Don't you love it? You got to love it. Oh. We are off and flying. We are loving it. We're having a good time today. We are going to have a good time this weekend for the Super Bowl. We will get to all things Super Bowl here in just a few minutes. Some of your tweets as well, too, as we uh, get into our number two of the Steelers Blitz. But some final thoughts on the NFL awards tonight, Motsi, to close us down. Uh, you know, last year we saw offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year from the same team, right? Garrett Wilson mm-hmm. from, the, from the Jets, Sauce Gardner from the Jets. Mm-hmm. Could we see that again this year with the Houston Texans? Is Will Anderson your defense? There's a strong possibility. There's a strong possibility. Um, I'd say it's either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Um, Both of those guys had great rookie seasons. Both of those guys were extremely productive and very impactful on their teams. I feel like Jalen Carter, he did it from the interior part of the D-line. So you kind of get the Aaron Donald, the Cam Hayward feel to it. When you look at Will Anderson, he did it as a a DN outside linebacker. So you get the Miles Garrett, TJ Watt feel to it so i think it's really going to boil down to personal preference both of these guys though are very deserving if i had to choose i lean jalen carter just because he was able to actually score a touchdown as well so whenever we you know splitting hairs it's like man to see a big guy getting in his own you know you kind of give him a little added for that um but both of these dudes man are ultra deserving like i said i was a fan of will anderson even when he was at bama so to see his game translate the way that it did and for him to come in here and be a big part of why that defense was playing as well as it was, and to see what they did in Houston in terms of turning that team around. I mean, they haven't had a team play like this in forever. So for him to be a big part of that also does also make me feel like, man, I could definitely see him winning it, and I would love it for him as well. But I kind of, like I said, I lean Jalen Carter just because, yeah, what he's doing from the interior part of that D-line. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And even on the times where you're like, okay, he doesn't even make the tackle. It's like, yo, you're taking this offense alignment and you've made such an impact on this play. Like that type of stuff matters to me. I I agree with you. The tape for Jay, the stats for Jalen Carter might yeah. not pop like some of these other guys, but the tape is wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, very impressive. I think Kobe Turner deserves a shout in that regard. Yeah, as well, definitely. Too. He's, He's another one, one man. Of the finalists. Um, and then Devin Witherspoon. And of course our guy, Joey Porter Jr., uh, JPJ. Yeah, tough, tough sledding for JPJ in, in this race, but I think a great sign Man, and, and a nice recognition. Rec- recognition to be yes. a finalist. Yeah. Yeah, the recognition is huge. And you think about it, who have we had as finalists for this award in the past five years, man? Some big time players. I mean, some and, big time and guys. Who, and think about it, who from Pittsburgh have we had in any of those conversations? You know, was I, was TJ a finalist his rookie year? I don't think he was. I don't was think he? he was. No, yeah. I don't think he so was, it's, man. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's been a while, particularly right. when you can, I mean, the Steelers have gone off, right? Specifically, you know, but specifically with, on with the defensive side, picks. yeah, yeah. 
But specifically when we're talking defense, man, I mean, shoot, we can go back to, you know, Devin Bush first-round pick, Terrell Edmonds first-round pick, Bud Dupree first-round pick, Jarvis Jones first-round pick. You said T.J. Watt first-round pick, Artie Burns first-round pick. None of them were in these type I mean, of conversations, Kendrell Bell, you know? Kendrell Bell was the last time a Steeler that's, was in you this see conversation, what I'm saying? I think, yeah. Right. So that's why I'm like, man, when we're talking about JPJ as the 32nd overall pick, granted, he's not a first-rounder, but it's like, man... We don't take that for granted because no, we, we went through a stretch where those guys haven't been able to. I mean, you know, I'm a I swear by TJ Watt coming off, you know, rookie season. It's like, man, I've never seen a player that just so pro ready and not just, you know, talking about it, being able to actually execute it and be a productive guy. Sure. And even with him, it was still like you said, he wasn't even, you know on this type of level. So to see JPJ get that recognition, man, I, I was definitely, definitely proud of him. And I think that's going to be a huge thing for his confidence going forward this all season too. Yeah, I think, I, I think absolutely nailed it. Um, good to see him get the recognition from a national standpoint. Um, and we'll be, uh, we'll be excited to see how that one plays out tonight as well. Obviously uh, another one mozi that I feel I don't want to say foregone conclusion, but I feel confident about comeback player of the year. I know there's been some shouts for Baker Mayfield. I know there's been some shouts for Joe Flacco, but this kind of feels same church, different pew as Alex Smith a couple years ago. Like when you sustain an injury that threatens your life uh, and for DeMar Hamlin, I mean, legitimately on the field, uh, uh, this, this feels like, like DeMar Hamlin's, uh, you know, Shout out to Baker Mayfield and Joe Flacco and what they were able to do. But as you've said before, when you almost die, <laughs> you almost of, died, man. That kind of defines comeback player of the year and how, you know, the scope of what it's been over the last couple of years in this award. 100%, man. And that was my whole thing with it. Whenever you're talking about overcoming adversity, there is no greater adversity than your life being on the line. Not. I played bad before and now I'm playing well. Not I was unemployed sitting on the chair, but now I've decided to come back and now I'm playing well. No, yeah. that is not right. what we're talking right. about. That as much as we would like to, you know, talk about it, tongue in cheek, make fun of it, it's like, man, what are we talking about here? Because yeah. those guys would be the first ones to also tell you there isn't a stat that is more important than a guy coming back. <laughs> And not losing his life on that day going field, man. Correct. Because we all would agree, if that story does not end the way that it does, this season feels drastically different. Yes, it does. Last year's postseason feels drastically different. Yes, it does. We can't say the same about if Baker Mayfield didn't start playing well, everything would feel drastically different. We can't say, hey, if Joe Flacco doesn't come off of the couch – Everything would have been different. We can't say that, but we know for a fact. DeMar, they ain't get that guy up off that turf, man. And if he didn't survive everything when he was out there in Cincinnati in the hospital, baby, we talking about a way different feeling this season. Oh, so, you. yeah, I'm just like, let's just not lose sight of that one, man. We've, we've lived around Shay's ear. We know what that felt like. I think you're right. Sometimes it is bigger than football, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just quite simply, it, and I think that's the case. I know that's the case here, and that's, yeah, that's yeah. well said by The you. same with Alex Smith. It was like, man, it's bigger than football. It's a lot bigger than football with this dude, man. When you're about to lose your life and you come back, man, 
It's no substitute for that. No substitute at all. I completely agree, partner. Completely agree. All right, last one here as we wrap this up, and this is another juicy, intriguing one. NFL Coach of the Year. Uh, I go D'Amico. I go D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, just because of how low the expectations were for Houston and what they ended up accomplishing, winning a division yeah. title, double-digit games. I know that this is a regular season award, but they won a playoff game as well, too. But Dan Campbell, certainly right in this conversation, what he's done with that organization, what they did particularly this year, right? Winning the division for the first time in 30 years. Um, and as much as it pains me to say, I think Kevin Stefanski deserves a shout in this, not to the same extent as the previous two that I mentioned, but... When you consider everything that Cleveland lost this year, particularly on the offensive side of the football, particularly early on, and for them to still be able to win double-digit games and go to the playoffs was impressive. I'm going D'Amico Ryans, though, for my coach of the year. What say you? Well, it is funny just how you even, you know, preface Kevin Stefanski, but yeah, we love what Coach Tomlin did this year, and they both had similar situations where they had to go through the Rolodex of quarterbacks. They did, but Stefanski also lost his... Two stud offensive tackles and his best oh, no, 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 player, no, in Nick Chubb. No, 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 no. I'm saying let's not Look, minimize what he did. Yes, That's what correct. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't minimize it. Like Flacco and uh, yeah. DT, DTR. <laughs> I'm like, do you realize like how difficult that was? It's like all right because it's Cleveland. We kind of it didn't feel the we same, it. but it's like no, dude. Games. The same way we sitting over here. Like, how do we get to ten? They over there like, how the heck did y'all get to 11? Y'all lost Chubb week five. Week was That was early in the year when they lost Chubb. Week two yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yeah, but it was, yeah, you're right. It was week early. Two. Monday Night yeah. Football. Yeah. yeah, so with all that, I'm just like, hmm. But um, D'Amico Ryan, man, he did a heck of a job. Turned the whole organization around 100%. Definitely love everything there. I go Dan Campbell because of the history. If we're going to bring up, and granted, like we said, it doesn't matter, but we're going to bring up D'Amico Ryan winning the postseason game in Houston. How about Dan Campbell actually having them boys hosting? And that's with the adversity of some of the referees' blunders and everything in between. <laughs> it's like, yo, yeah. they were the two seed. They were hosting. Mm-hmm. First time in how long? And they actually won and did it again. And it was like, man, with Jared Goff, we're not going to say that Jared Goff is better than C.J. Stroud. In fact, a lot of people say that C.J. Stroud is better than Jared Goff. Yeah. Dan Campbell did the old school way. He was like, we're going to run this rock. He drafted first-round running backs. People looking at him like he's crazy. Until you're watching Jameer Gibbs, you're just like, oh, I get why you went this way. Oh, I see why you did that one, too. You look at their defense. It's like, man, they don't have the super duper studs. Right, right. But they're just like really, really good. You're like, yo, what, what is this? I see a Cam Sutton, I see CJ Gardner Johnson over. I'm like, they got some guys. All right, all right. I mean, it ain't crazy, but it, it's all right. It's all right. So that's why for me, I go Dan Campbell, man. I just think that, um, you know, watching what he's had to develop this team into over the past three seasons, the highs and lows that have come with that. To me, that's one of those ones where I just like, I can't just be a prisoner of this moment of watching uh, D'Amico Ryan come here this year and have this instant success when, number one, Detroit did have a better season than Houston. And also, like I said, I got a chance to see him really turn this thing around. I mean, at one point, the Lions were what, a 0-16 team? 
Then you talk about when they picked Aiden Hutchinson, when they had two wins that season. And that was what, three years removed? So, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, man, they have really, really come back from some pretty, you know, dark places as well, man. So that's why I go Dan Camp. Well said. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer in this regard. I would agree, man. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see how the voters think in in that kind yeah. of vein. Like it's some again, man, we it'll be dope human... for D'Amico. D'Amico would get one right out the gate. Right That'd be gate. Whew, and from the situation that he inherited. But then Seriously. you said for Dan Campbell too, it would almost feel not that he wouldn't deserve it off of this year alone. He absolutely would, but it would almost feel like a culmination of the last couple years, right? And where he took that organization and they won like three games his first year, two years yeah. ago, like you were saying. Um, like that's but they were still the two seed this year though. I know they were the two. Seed they should have been the one seed. You can make a strong case they should have been the one seed. So it's mm-hmm. like, yes, a part of it is what he's done, but also when we're just singularly talking about this season, this it's like I mean, impressive. He's still put together a, a heck of a year, man. So it'll be interesting. Listen, we know there's always the human element to these votes too, and yeah, so very true. You know, do people just think it's Dan Campbell's time to win this? Uh, do they yeah. give it to D'Amico maybe just because of the lower expectations for this season coming? We know that always fact. It's almost yeah. a lot of times these very awards true. are just who exceeded their expectations the most, right? Yep. And that's very true. That's who we give it to. So it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out tonight. Those are our thoughts there on the NFL honors this evening. Uh, and we will obviously react to some of that. Uh, namely what happens, I'm sure, in the Defensive Player of the Year uh, race when we when we link back up next week. Obviously, when we link back up next week, we are going to have a Super Bowl to discuss as the big game is getting underway uh, on Sunday, 6.30, out there in Las Vegas. 3.30 local time, of course. Viva Las Vegas! So we got two more segments to go. Let's make them Super Bowl segments. We'll talk some fun stuff around the game. We'll talk some X's and O's, some predictions of the game. We'll get to some of your tweets that you guys have sent in in the last couple days as well, too. We'll do all that when we return. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. With Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Ah, yes, it's the big one. Coming down the home stretch, the final game of the NFL season where we crown a Super Bowl champion. Where, as we discussed earlier, legacies on the line, written in stone forever. Some people will capture their first Lombardi. Some will be adding to their already lengthy resumes. It's why we play the game, Arthur Motes. 30 teams their season has ended. Two left with a chance to capture the ultimate prize. It's exciting. We'll give some specific predictions and all that before we get out of here. Uh, but, you know, as always with the Super Bowl, Motesy, before we get into the X and O's, we got to get into the fun stuff, right? Oh, yeah, the, let's do it. The pop culture that is the Super Bowl, uh, the event that is the Super Bowl in this country. Obviously, it's become a big one over the last couple decades. So, real quick, I got to ask you. And I feel like you and I had this conversation before. I feel like this is almost like a presidential election. Like, every four years or so, this conversation uh, services as a big deal around this time. But, 
if Arthur Motes was the commissioner, the emperor, the czar of football, and you could do whatever you want, would you move the Super Bowl to Saturday? Should should Super should the Super Bowl be on a Saturday? No, I'm a traditionalist. I don't like change in the least bit, man. Saturdays, college football, Friday nights are uh, high school football. Sundays are for God and NFL. Like See, I said, you know what's, you know what's funny? About I'm, this? I'm a traditionalist, man. In my 20s, if people would have asked me this question, I would have said, heck yeah, because yeah. I stuff my face. I have some I stay hydrated. You know, I don't want to have to get up and function and go to work yeah. the next day and all these things. But I'm an old man now, Arthur Motes. You know, like I still stuff my face to an extent. I still stay I'm, hydrated. I'm just going to complain extent. about being tired the next day because that's what you do. You're going to complain about it and, and you're rightfully so. It's it a too? badge of honor. Yes. It's kind of like when you go out in your, in your 20s and you get the hangover the next day and you're like, ooh, remember that hangover? I had? Oh, God, let me get the shades and the mimosas. It's like, it's a right. It, it just comes with it. Okay. It just comes everybody's with it. everybody's at the coffee pot in the kitchen on yeah. Monday morning in the office. You know what like, it is. Oh man, I you know what it is. Did you see that? Much last night. Uh. What was your favorite commercial? Huh? What yeah, was your favorite on, commercial? I think yeah. I think you're right. It's just a part. It's a part of the experience. Yeah. It's a part of the build, waiting all weekend for it too. And let's be honest. Super Bowl Saturday just don't sound the same as Super Bowl. Not Saturday. at all, man. Because think about it. The NFL has a brand that is synonymous with Sundays. That's it. Like, that's part of one of my issues, even with college football, when they do the national yeah, championship. why is the national championship game like, on a Monday? That's on a Monday. It why throws the it? whole vibe off. It throws the whole off. vibe off. Yeah. yeah. It's Saturday night. Yeah. Because it's like, this is what we say. College football is on Saturdays. High school football is on Fridays. So to me, I love the Super Bowl Sunday element of it. It just goes. The iteration, right? When you're talking about Super Bowl and Sunday. Yeah. I love that part, too, for the showbiz element of it. But mm -hmm. to me, man, it's just one of those things that... This is the day of the week that they have claimed. And every single person knows worldwide. If you're trying to get the North American people's attention, don't do it on Sunday during football Second season. Weekend in February. You better stay away. Don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do it on Super Bowl Sunday, man. Don't, 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 don't do it on Sundays. No, because this is what the NFL has controlled. They have dominated this. And like I said, I'm just I'm here for it. And I love just the true tradition of Super Bowl Sunday. I'm with you on that, hundred nah. percent. You know the one thing that I would change if I was going to change anything, I would just move it up a couple. I'd move it up a couple hours. Yeah. So, and I was going to say my whole issue was East Coast West Coast because I was like I for the West Coast people, it. they yeah. love that part, and I do agree. I would like man a four thirty four. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Yeah, yeah that would be perfect. It's but I was 1 like, I get it. out on the West Coast, you know. But yeah, one thirty. That ain't that. You know, that ain't that ain't hot enough. You feel I me? Like I know it. We, Particularly we, we when need the game's to out there, you know. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 need we need to have one another. Yeah, we gotta let that marinate for a little bit, baby. Before so, yeah. if I that's the one th I would just move it up an hour or two if I could. Yeah. No, nah, I get you on that. If it was a four thirty kickoff, that would be ideal. We just need the East Coast. Yeah. Okay, couple more, couple more. Obviously, as we get into this, uh, I need to know your your food necessities and your drink necessities. Oh man, for me, I am definitely uh gonna be on wings. I'm deciding, do I want to smoke my wings or do I want to hit the cheat code and go to Wingstop? I'm leaning towards smoking them, though, because I haven't smoked any wings in 2024 just yet. And I feel Ooh. like I've waited already too long, so I'm ready to hop on that, all right? So that's what the first thing would be. And then the uh, the hydration, I'm going to be supporting my, my dog, Marquise Pouncey, man. You know, he got his, uh, his line of uh, adult beverages. Shout out to the Race Supremo. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm going to roll with him and uh, have a little tequila a la. Okay, a little tequila agua. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I love it. We uh we have already pre-ordered our we've got our pickup time 6:15. Let's go. Let's 6:15 go. Sunday Big Shot Bobs, all right. Let's for the, go. For the for the wings and uh, I'm also a big dip guy on Super Bowl Sunday. So dip guy, okay. Yeah, since we're doing wings, I told wifey I said you don't need to make buffalo chicken dip like we don't need to double up, you know. Double but, chicken, yeah. Uh we're going to do a salsa, we're going to do a guac and then I think she's going to do like a queso dip as well too. Oh, so, okay, okay. We'll have I a like little that. trace, we'll have a little trace dips, you know, a little yeah, you trace, little trace salsa action too, man. Little trace yeah. dippos, you know. Um and some chicken wings. That's that's the food that yeah. we got planned for Sunday. And then I don't like I'm just going to have a couple beers, like nothing crazy. Again, I'm in my 30s now. I got kids. I got to yeah. be up Monday with the kids. Couple, couple light domestic American beers, you know? I like it. And see, shout out to uh, our school district. We got lucky this year. We got a two-hour delay. So your boy gets to sleep in. No. Holla. I don't know how it happened. My little man came this morning. He was like, he said, Dad, is every Monday after Super Bowl two-hour delay? I said, son, I wish. See, I when I was grow when I was growing up, it was only when the Steelers were in the Super Bowl they did that the next day. No, no, no it was no, it was actually already scheduled on the calendar. That's it just so happened that it just timed up. Yeah, it was one of them lucky ones, man. Is this my like, moment? I don't know how oh, this back, happens. Back in my day, we had to go to school. Well, technically, you still the- did go to school. <laughs> it's well, just uh, two hour oh, delay. Right. We had to be there on time. In fact, we had to be there at four in the morning, extra early, because our teachers <laughs> wanted to. I was, I was like, technically, we still would go on a two hour delay too. We just go two hours later. But yeah, I'm with you. I follow you, Super. I'm with you now. Um. Okay. Last goofy one I have for you before we start to get into this. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna tee you up here. I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Oh snap! I'm nervous. So, Las Vegas just released through like Business Insider, I think it was, the the dollar amount that they expect to be wagered across the country on the on Super Bowl Sunday, okay? Mm, like the total Do, dollar amount. The total dollar amount that will be wagered on Sunday. Uh-huh. And this includes game props, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. I what say half think, a, I say half a billion, half a billion dollars. What if Am I, I told you what if I told you you're not even close? Oh, within well, over a billion then. It was either half a billion, I was going to say uh, 1.5 bill. I'm in that range. Between 22 and 23 billion dollars. <laughs> Let's go. How much the, isn't that insane? Let's go. Because I know it's some high roads that are going to put million dollar bets out there. I yeah. just didn't know how, because it's like you don't have to have a lot of them. But think, if a guy like Drake is making a million dollar bet, I can only imagine with some Saudi princes over there. You know what I mean? He's over here like, yo, let me make a $20 million bet. And it's so that's why I thought maybe half a million. Too. Yeah. And it's so many prop bets. Let me bet on the coin toss. Let me bet on the Gatorade color. Okay. Is it a run play? Is it a pass play? So when you think about how much it costs to go to those games, them people that are in them suites, Dude. those aren't regular millionaires. Those are hundred million dollar millionaires. Those if you're is, paying a million you know, dollars for a suite. Yeah. Like, what are you wagering on the game? <laughs> exactly. Because think about it. That's usually the cheapest thing when you're talking about going out and having fun. It's like, oh, the ticket. Oh man, we worry about that. That's the cheapest part. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I can definitely understand that, man. I mean, it's the Super Bowl, bro. Everybody puts down something on the Super Bowl. So all the, every think about all the numbers that are adding up. We're just thinking about us and our regular demographic who we know, who we cross paths with. Right. It's like, man, that's a whole nother. What about the people that don't even that are like rich, rich that don't even like we don't even know them, and they just be able to secret bet. Let me let me put fifty million on you know fifty million toss. on a coin toss. You'd be like, bro, what? 
<laughs> and it's also yeah. one of those, like, in the same way that every person in America fills out a bracket for March Madness, like, uh-huh. it feels like yep. having some juice on the Super Bowl. Like, even back before when gambling was still kind of this taboo thing before gambling yeah. went mainstream, right? Yeah. Uh, before gambling sold out and went mainstream. Um, you like your neighbor, your neighbor down the street would have Super Bowl squares, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. Everybody, and everybody would throw ten bucks in or twenty yeah. bucks in or whatever. Oh, if so you go into if you go into your friend's house to watch the game, where you got a little something in the pot, you know, hey, I'm put a little five, I'm put a little ten. So yeah, it's it's part of the culture of it. It really is. It's funny. Um, and now obviously, I mean, I saw that number and that was just staggering to me. But I believe it. Like I believe it. I don't think it's an exaggeration. I, I seriously because, get it, man. The just the pure dollar amount that flows around this game is insane. And then when you consider it's in Vegas, which takes that stuff to another level, I'm sure. Because it is Vegas. This is like the cream of the crop when you're talking about where do you want to go to have a little fun and put some juice now. That's this it. is where it started at, man. This is the the godfather of all. Godfathers. <laughs> it really at? is. And it always did it always blows my mind. Like every time they show the aerial shots of Las Vegas yeah. and everything, like it's yeah. just it is a massive adult paradise. Like that's, that's it, man. That's what it is. It, it, it really what it is. Um, and so I tell you what, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to get into some of the specifics, some of the X's and O's, who we think is going to win, all that different stuff here. Um, let me ask you this. does Is there a – do you think that there is an edge advantage in the sense of – a team like San Francisco who has been to this game, what, four or five years ago and has been in the NFC championship knocking on the door, right? Um, the, the, the edge of the, the motivation of getting over the hump, right. And finally getting this done and know you're, you're here mm-hmm. again. And it's, it's not guaranteed that you're going to be in this position every year or the chiefs who have the motivation of first team to go back to back in decades really taking ourselves into rarefied air, right, of, of right. winning three in five years or whatever that number would be. Um, d- do you think one of these teams is preparing with a greater edge? Maybe that's the best way to put it. Um, I don't think in this case, because I do feel like in this situation, both teams are kind of, you know, in the middle of fighting for something, right? You bring up the whole San Francisco, man, they're knocking on the door. They've been knocking on the door for the past couple of seasons now for Shanahan. He wants to see, can he finally get over the hump with his model, with his method? And all of that's extremely valid. But at the same time, I would also say, what about the, man, the last time we were here, we lost to this boogeyman. Man, who I have to see again, the same boogeyman, and he's actually a little bit upset because people have been doubting him this year. Right. If you're the Chiefs, you've heard what Mahomes has said a couple of times. Number one, he says for the end of his teammates, look, man, don't come out here on some party and stuff. Y'all lock in. And after we win it, I will take y'all out. And I will make sure that we get a chance to party how we supposed to party. <laughs> Not to mention, he also talked about how because this is his fourth Super Bowl. He says he has a Super Bowl routine now. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if you. I don't know if you know what a, a routine is. A routine is something that you've done so much that this is, you know, you find comfort in it. This is like, yo, this is my go-to. 
it's hard to build a routine if you've never been. I don't have a Super Correct. Bowl routine, Wes. Neither do I. There's a lot of people that are walking this earth that have never been to a Super Bowl or might only played in one. It's hard to have a consistent, tried and true routine. He has a Super Bowl routine, Wes. He does. And then you also have the added element that what? When Travis Kelsey is playing with uh, Taylor Swift, his numbers are better. It's kind of like the uh, Jordan Poole effect. You know, when he's playing and he feels like it's some ladies there that has his attention, he just plays a lot better. Okay? So that's why for me, it's like I don't think that either one of these teams are going to have an extra advantage in terms of preparation because San Fran's pissed off trying to prove that they can do it while competing against the mindset of, man, this is the team that knocked us off. This is the boogeyman. This is this new age of Tom Brady and the Patriots. But then the flip side is you have a team that's chasing greatness because they're saying we are in a dynasty until we get the third one. We're not a dynasty until we get this third one. We can't say that we have Brady and Patriots True. until we get this one. True. We can't say that Andy Reid is catching up on Belichick and talking about him until he gets this one. So I think for both of them, shit, you're kind of preparing which backs against the wall in a sense because of what the stakes are. It's not like when it was McVay's first go around with Jared Goff. Sure. Didn't feel the same. And it was like, all right, Brady, we'd already seen Brady come back from 2083. Brady had already cemented goat goat status. So it was just like, all right, this is just an extra. If you want to just put an extra action figure on this perfect cake, cool. But we don't need anything else on this cake. All right. We already know what this cake is. This cake is perfection. We got you. That's it. If McVay would have won, it was like, oh, right, this is cool. But if not, we still not knock you because of who you're going to get. So we get it. I just think this situation, it is a little different, man. Because if San Fran loses, you're questioning Purdy. Can that be enough? And then you're also questioning Shanahan's model. Shanahan, is he ever going to work? Yeah. Seriously. I think for the Chiefs, you have a little less of that. But at the same time, there's still questions over there. And this is the part where it's like, well, can Mahomes actually rise up to what he's shown and get this group to win too? So now you tell me he did it with Tyreek. He did it with Juju, and now he's doing it with Rasheed Rice. That's crazy. That is crazy. That's crazy. That crazy. <laughs> oh, and no B enemy. Take him out of the equation, too. That's yeah. crazy. I mean, every they crazy. keep taking his infinity stones, and he keeps finding That's a way crazy. to get it done. And I tell you what, yeah. they yeah. win this Super Bowl, and Travis Kelsey runs off into the sunset to go on tour as the most notorious Swifty. Uh, I mean, they're going to have to take his final weapon and Andy Reid. And yeah. I got a feeling he's continue uh, to uh, will continue to to make some waves without a doubt. Uh, crazy one. Big storylines into this Super Bowl. We're going to take our final break on the other side. Some of your tweets our predictions as well, too. Who's Mozi think going to win on Sunday? Who do I think going to you know, hoist the Lombardi? Sounds cool. Nobody has it as cool as ba- it's saying cutting down the nets for whatever reason. Who's going to cut down the nets? Like, that's the coolest uh, nomenclature that you can use to win a championship in, in sports, right? But who's going to hoist the Lombardi on Sunday? We'll give some predictions on that before we get out of here as well, too. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. Steve.
Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, here we go. Final segment of the week. Final segment on a Thursday. Final segment before the big game. We're going to give our predictions in just a second. But first, as always, some tweets to get to. Andy Reid, the time is ours, even though you are busy. We know you got uh, a moment for the for the je- for the guys here, so we thank you. Th- thanks, for Big that Red, one. for that one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Steeler Nation nine twenty. Our buddy Tyler up in Wisconsin um, wants to know. He's got a couple quick hitters for us. Wants to know uh, favorite weigh-ins brothers movies. He said mine is Don't Be a Menace to South Central. <laughs> hey, that is actually a classic, classic too. Golly. Oh this is, man. This, this is an easy one for me. For, oh, you got it. You got it. And I'll, I'll just say, my name is Major Benson. Major Payne. Winifred Let's go. Payne. Bring Let's me go. my tr- You know what? If I was a Niners or a Chiefs fan this weekend, yeah. I'd be saying, bring me my trophy. Major pain is my answer. That's one of my favorite right. movies growing up. I love that. Oh movie. no, I love it. I love it, man. I'm, I'm a fan. Trust me, I'm a fan. Um, so since you're going with that, I'm gonna go with Blank Man, but I do love uh Mo Money. That's another one of them like classic classics touch by heart, man. But Blank Man is my joint, bro. Shout out to Blank Man. I want well to be superheroes out here. Real good one. Oh, I love it. Uh Scott tweets us. G5. Now, remember, is- G5. Oh, G5. <laughs> Y'all got his claw it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. I just it's so funny too. I just saw a clip from that on Twitter like a week ago. Just randomly popped yeah, up. Yeah, my man, the plunger. It's hilarious. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, with the day going washing, hey, dishwashing gloves on. Like, come on, bro. Come on. I'm as a superhero. Blake man. So good. It is so good. Scott tweets <laughs> Scott tweets us checking back in. Uh, said he finally got his Twitter account back here. I know. I don't know if you there remember. It is, it's been, there it is. It's been a while. So Scott is, he's the Terps fan who lives in Morgantown, right? I don't know ah, if you okay, remember. Yeah, Scott yes. used to tweet us all the time, and he just uh, mm-hmm. yesterday getting back into the conversation here. You know, saying it's been too long, but he's got his Twitter account back, uh, and wanted to know if we think T.J. Watt gets snubbed for Defensive Player of the Year. Scott says he hopes not, but he thinks it's coming. Yeah, we kind of outlined that in the first hour, uh, but unfortunately, yes. I would be super excited if he does not get snubbed tonight, but the same way as a lot of people getting snubbed when we talk to Grammys, man, I feel like TJ's going to get snubbed, man. It's like, ah, ah, this is the album of the year right here, what we talk about, man. Don't give it to the feel-good story. You give it to a feel-good story. Those politics always play in there, I tell you. It's the album of the year, man. Um. Oh, I forgot. I, I missed this one from Tyler from uh from Steeler Nation nine twenty. He also said, uh, secretly, I don't want Patrick Mahomes to win just because another ring would put him ahead of Ben already. We know uh that rings are the end all be all in an argument, and he's too young <laughs> to to be at that point already. This is actually very accurate. They they do swear by them rings. Yeah, they do. They do. And I I mean I gotta t- listen. I know Ben, I much, I ben much like Mahomes, won two early in his career, got back yeah. there again. Um, so, hey, you never know. It's a crazy league. You never know what's going to happen. But, yeah, I I mean, if I'm a betting man, if we're doing this Vegas thing again, I, I got to think Mahomes gets to three at some point, if not this year <laughs> at some point. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, oh, it's 
I mean, he's only 28 years old and it's already, you already he's can stack baby. his. The, the fact that, I mean, we, you and I both agree, Ben Roethlisberger is a top 10 quarterback of all time to play mm-hmm. football. Um, the only question is where you put him on that list and how highly you put him on that list. I mean, Mahomes is, he's 28. Yeah. He's already top 10 and probably top five. Top five. <laughs> I, mean, I was about to say, yeah. That's top he five. wins He wins on Sunday. He might be top, top two top or three. Top two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That boy went Sunday's top two. I don't know what we're talking about. All right, he's top two. It's just insane. Uh, Mitchell chimes in here and says, how do we feel about Lev Bell coming back to the organization? Hey, maybe as a running back and then a future in coaching as well. Uh, Just wants to know our thoughts on on Lev. Man, for me, I love it in theory because, number one, he's a dude that uh, was very productive when he played here. Um, This is a guy that has reached heights that a lot of professional athletes don't even come close to. He's also been a guy who's failed publicly, and he's had to come back from that. Two years removed from the game, I do believe that that is hard to just come back, and especially when you're talking about being at the running back position over 31 years old. But I do think that when he spoke on his health and being the best that he's ever felt, I do think that that is very accurate because of the amount of touches and wear and tear that he did accumulate while playing. He was a volume touch guy. So, of course, he's going to feel a lot better at this stage. I think the the big question is not is he capable skill-wise because he doesn't – you're not going to lose certain skills that he has. And you're not going to lose the knowledge that he also has that would also help his game out. I think the big questions just fall into, number one, what would he be open to from a role standpoint? Number two, what would the number be from a compensation standpoint? And then number three – can he be better than a six or seventh round running back? Could he give you more value in a Godwin Ikwabuke? I think those are the things that you have to consider, but I don't hate the idea and I don't like the timing of it. It's like weird with the time just because the off season. So you obviously have 90 man roster. You obviously have like a UFL that you could go and attend and stuff like that. And all these other avenues are there, but I truly feel like I wish it was the regular season and we were doing more of the practice squad because now you could get him in here at a very discounted rate, but you also get a chance to kind of see him in football settings without it being the full ramifications, but I'd be in the full commitment. Whereas when we talk about the all season, it's just a longer commitment to me, you know? And I, I just, like I said, that's the only thing that kind of yeah. makes me a little bit more hesitant. I'm like, man, for all that, I might as well just get me a younger guy that can come in here and do some of the things I'm going to be asking him to do. Whereas with El Bell, I'm going to be having to play the game of, is he still the El Bell that was number one running back in the league? That's his mindset. Or has he cooled off and he's really legitimately just chilling? Hmm. It's just a lot of those questions for me, but can El Bell, you know, if I had to take my pick of who could come off the couch after two years and play, L. Bell, Antonio Brown, James Harrison. Those are my three, and I will stand by that, you know, any day of the week. Those are the three that I feel like if I had to call somebody today to come out here and play, those three dudes could do it. Uh, they're certainly three guys who were uh, notorious for, for taking care of their bodies and their workouts. Physical and, conditioning and precedes physical everything conditioning. else, man. Yeah, without a doubt. Do you see uh, Debo was on uh, Radio Row with McAfee yesterday? Did you see any of that? 
Shout out to Debo. No, I missed that, man. But I am definitely glad to hear that. What was he talking about anyways, man? I mean, the big were, they, fella. They were asking him just a little bit of, you know, his day-to-day life, um, what yeah. his workout routine still look like. They asked him a little bit about, you know, the Steelers and where he thinks the organization is at and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The one thing he said, though, Motsi, that I found really interesting was that they were asking him about some kind of, oh, the uh, – they they asked him about the Super Bowl, the the hundred yard uh, pick yeah. six against the Cardinals, of course. Right, right. And he was laughing about it and talking about how he needed oxygen for like fifteen minutes after the after you know into halftime and all that stuff. And yeah. uh, somebody asked him what he ended up doing with the ball, the the football. And he yeah. said he said Thomas Tall has it. He said I mm. sold it. He said I sold it to Thomas Tall. Um, it's a smart move. And they and they were basically like, wow, like, you know, like you sold that. And what he said that I found interesting was he said the only piece of memorabilia that I've really kept or have a desire to keep from my career is my Super Bowl rings. He said mm, that because that okay. he said that's the pinnacle of my career. He said yeah. everything else is just kind of not I forget how he labeled it, but not made up accomplishments. But he said everything yeah. else are just kind of, you know. Uh, they th- those the other accomplishments don't mean as much to me. What, matter what much matters to yeah. me is Super Bowl. And he said, so a lot of the memorabilia stuff I've given away, I've sold, you know, I've donated to charities, I've given to, you know, my high school and Kent State and and things like that. Um, he said the only thing that really matters to me is my Super Bowl rings. And I I just found that interesting yeah. for a guy that you know accomplished all that he did and um just found that interesting that that's really all he cares about in terms of uh you know keeping things you know bits and pieces from his career. No, I would agree with that, man. And um, I'm not surprised by that answer. Yeah, the, because the way he's definitely one of those guys. Yeah, like, I'm not surprised yeah, by that. He doesn't Absolutely, seem like a big man. sentimental guy, really. Nah. Uh-uh. Like, and he's it not going to be one of those too. guys that you turn on the light in his basement and he's like, look, here's the shrine oh, of all my the jer- things that yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's not his energy, man. That's but I'm, I'm, I would agree. The rings matter the most. And he's always been on that. But yeah, man, shout out to Debo, man. That's That's one of them guys right there, man. One of those guys. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, Motsi, that'll be a show today. But before we wrap it up, you already know how we have to close down. Sunday, 6.30, the granddaddy of them all. Oh, no, that's the Rose Bowl. How many cross sports references? They're cutting down the nets at the granddaddy of them all. <laughs> who's uh, who's hoisting that Lombardi Sunday night? How does it play out? Man, I'm going to go with greatness until I see it not be great. Give me Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs and the Fighting Swifties. I'd like them to do it 28 to 24. And uh, yeah, man, let me get the uh, let me get the game winning walk off Tutty back at the end zone to Kelsey. Oh, then that's re- yep. you've really seen the script, haven't you? Yep. And of course, we're getting a, we're getting a kiss and proposal. Kiss and proposal post game, Mahomes MVP. You can get big odds on that right now at uh in Vegas. Are so are you serious? Oh yeah, I'm getting kiss. It, it, we're getting kiss. If if they win it, I'm getting kiss and proposal. I'm telling you now. Well, I'm getting kiss they, and proposal. To, to, to parlay the proposal means that the Chiefs are winning. So you need the Chiefs to win the game, and then you need the oh, proposal. It's, it's a parlay. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's a big parlay yeah. in Vegas right now. Yeah, man. it's a parlay. It's, it's a parlay. If the Niners win. She's not coming you're out not on the proposal. field and getting. Yeah, the you're not getting that. And, Absolutely and, not. Yeah. So they got to take care of that business first. I'm mm-hmm. with you though, Motsi. The like the Chiefs and Mahomes and Andy Reid right now feel like a Patriots and a Brady and a Belichick regen. Like yeah. in the sense of I know they're not going to get. I know they're not going to go undefeated. I know they're not mm-hmm. going to win the Super Bowl every year. But, but more often than not, I'm 
I'm not picking against these guys. Like, I'm just, I'm not, yeah. I know San Francisco's a two play. It's open two and a half. It's down to two now. I bet you it'll get closer to one, one and a half by yeah. kickoff. Because the Chiefs just feel like that inevitable team. They're going to lose games, you know, but they just, man, more often than not in these situations, they find a way to get it done. Mahomes, Reed, the Chiefs. And I think they do it again, despite a what, what, really you, good you know Niners what they say? team. They, they say they're an inevitable they are inevitable. They are inevitable. Much like Thanos, they are inevitable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've got the Chiefs 24 to 21, just a little bit more low scoring than you have it. I like it, baby. I like it. Well, folks, uh, that'll be a show. That'll be a week. And boy, are we going to have some fun when we get back together next week because we're going to have the NFL honors to react to and everything that happens with TJ uh, as well involved in that. And then obviously the Super Bowl um, will have a game to react to, to put a bow on this NFL season, a new champion, and uh, a bunch more to get to. So next week will be a fun week as we keep this offseason thing rolling. Thanks to all of you for rocking and rolling with us here in this new schedule. Big thanks to the Power Grid and the Megawatts who tweeted us as well, too. You guys tweet us throughout the weekend. Your thoughts on the awards tonight, your thoughts on the game. We'll bookmark all those. We'll save them for next week. And a final thank you for another great week in the books to the best co-host in the business, Arthur. Nathan Motes, the third. Who, me? Take care, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. As always, you know where to find us. It's on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Stellas Nation Radio. And Fox Sports Pittsburgh.